Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm me. You're listening to the Dork Forest. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickbert composed and sang that song you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance words he wrote at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and Vilmos fixes my website. My website is JackieCation.com. There's also DorkForest.com. There is um, a million ways to listen to the Dork Forest. iTunes, AllThingsComedy.com, SoundCloud, uh, some sort of app that you download all of your p- podcasts to. And um, whatever you do, if you want to support the show, review the show on any of those platforms. Knock yourself out. And thanks a lot for listening. Here's the scoop, folks. Let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room, which is my new CD. That's right. Got a new, brand new CD out. It's out about a month and a half, two months out now. It's called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. It is uh, very good, if I might say so myself. It was number one on iTunes and Amazon and number three on Billboard the first week it came out. And it's been critically pretty well received. So I hope you like it. You can get it on Amazon or iTunes. You can get a hard copy of it on my website. Feel free to email me, JackieJackieCation.com, if you want that signed, if there is no option to ticket that you want it signed uh, when you buy it. You can get all of my CDs and all of my T-shirts on JackieCation.com on the store page, on the merch page. Uh, there are Dork Forest T-shirts, Ranger T-shirt and just logo T-shirt. There's a Spooky Reading Girl T-shirt, which is a reference to one of my jokes and super fun. And uh, the DVD of the last CD, the only DVD I've got, it's called This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, and it's a DVD of that set. So that's what's on the merch page. Other ways to support the show, review the show on iTunes and Amazon. You can review the album. That'd be great. And you can donate to the show via PayPal or Venmo. Uh, Venmo is just under Jackie at JackieCation.com. PayPal, there's a button. And the button, you just click on that and do whatever you do on PayPal. And I appreciate any donations that you like to do. If you like to give uh, monthly, I have not made that easy, but uh, I'd appreciate that if you like. Dork Forest, part of an umbrella podcast uh, group called AllThingsComedy.com, where there are a lot of other podcast that you should tune into and listen to and just go to allthingscomedy.com and check it out this week in stand-up comedy you can always find my full schedule on jackiecation.com on the tour page you can follow me on on all the social medias twitter instagram snapchat at jackiecation there's also there's a fan page on facebook uh, essentially facebook.com slash the dork forest. And that is my stand up and dork forest fan page. There is a ranger page on Facebook called dork forest rangers, where you can interact with other fans of the show. And, um, I have another podcast on Nerdist. If you like a lot of podcasts and you like stand up comedy and me, it's called the Jackie and Lori show. And it's on Nerdist. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, uh, with, all things comedy founder, stand-up comic, <laughs> actor. Last time he was on the podcast, it was entirely uh, about, I think it was all about money and making the sale, and it was great. It was Al Madrigal. I'm, I should probably say your name. Yeah, I, I, we sh- we recorded that last one. It was in Daily Show offices. Yeah, like long- two years ago, yeah. It had to be longer because mm. I haven't been there full-time since uh, 2013. So it might have been four years ago. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I remember seeing John Stewart, and I've never met him, but I was like, oh, there's that guy. That guy's yeah. famous. Look at He's that walking guy. around. He's walking around like a person. He's not being carried on the backs of elephants, which is what I always suspect. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just the, uh, what are they called? When, not even elephants when you have, it's like the Paul Bear, the, yeah, yeah, uh, that, Jake, people yeah, that they... just carry on their shoulders. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. It's, um, it's obnoxious. It's, uh, I'm thinking of turning into Marie Antoinette any minute now, and uh, then they could just kill me. But uh, what that doesn't even make any sense. There's uh, a longer story there. I'm going to spare it because I want to talk about because there's only an hour. Let's First of all, at El Madrigal is your Twitter, and ElMadrigal.com is everywhere to find out where you're doing stand-up or what's going on. Sure. You have a new TV show that's coming on Showtime called I'm Dying Up Here. All about stand-up comedy all in about, the 70s. Yep. Cool, and you talked you, you to Cindy those... Campanera about that. She wrote on it. Uh huh. You and had mutton chops for a long time. I was rocking a humongous mustache, and at the same time, I say, so 
I grew out this huge mustache and I had these monster sideburns and my glasses and yep. then normal hair, so shortish yep. hair. So I put this wig on. And I was meeting all of these new parents at my son's new school. Oh, that's hilarious. Who thought I was just a creep. Because I don't go, hey, I'm an actor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is the thing. Right, what's creepier? Yeah. Is to just let them assume. And then the next time they see you, you look like a person. Yeah. Who lives in this city. Which is what I did. Yeah. That's what, that's where you left it? Yeah. You're like, whatever. Yeah. I Judge me. <laughs> totally. It's a, and that and will... no one talked to me. And then I started looking normal. And because uh, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm very nice. And I yeah. talk to you know people but uh, again it's a very conservative school he goes to Loyola it's a school all boys school in LA okay. and so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but I rock this humongous mustache I'm playing this issue of Freddie Prince Cheech hybrid character nice named Edgar Martinez uh, so Edgar it's cool if you're a fan of stand up comedy you're gonna like this and show. of Cheech and Chong yes and of my I, I've, I've been pitching it for decades it's uh, two Latina women moved to Los Angeles. It's Chico and it's Cheech and Chong meets Bosom Buddies. Great. They got to live at the Y, so they got to dress <laughs> like guys. Yeah. Melissa Villasenor could be in that. <laughs> oh, my God. She would be great. And uh, I haven't had her on the show yet. That is a pity. So anyway, so you've got a dine up here on Showtime. And then it just came out uh, when this goes out. Uh, um, sh- your special is also on Showtime. And it's Correct. called Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. And I know that bit, and it's a great bit. A lot of anger problems and issues <laughs> that are deep-rooted, and I'm really, really, really trying to do a good job of You're controlling rooting around. my temper. You, are you a fan of the Hulk? I'm a, yeah, big fan of the Hulk, sure. I have, I have a, uh, it's my unsubstantiated poll that guys that are, uh, they look, I finally realized why people like the Hulk it was in the first Avengers movie when he said, my secret is, is I'm always angry. <laughs> yeah, so the Hulk is always there, sure. yeah. and it takes every ounce of effort to keep him Bruce Banner. <laughs> well, I just read the, these three Logan, old man Logan comic books, and oh, right. uh, the Hulks in the first one are the bad guys. Uh, Bruce Banner, they, mm-hmm. he goes bad. And he starts just like inbreeding all of the Hulk. So there's this crazy Hulk community <laughs> where they're just like white trash is what right. the Hulks are. Oh but they go God. around like uh, roughing people up and then they eat the people. They're, yeah, they're eating all wow. the humans. So, all right. Yeah. That so is, uh, Logan should have. Logan, yeah. So we're psyched that Hawkeye killed. Uh, that's the, the in current continuity, Hawkeye killed Hulk. Um, yeah, yeah. To he, stop. What, yeah. He, and Bruce Banner was like, you got to kill me. And so Hawkeye did, and now he was on tri- trial for uh, for killing uh, the Hulk, and um, he was acquitted. It's fine. It was self defense. I said, even though it was not. It was did I ever tell murder. you what my coolest sort of like uh, the comic book story that the thing that happened to me real no. quick, just as an aside? Yeah, yeah, please. So. I go and do this podcast. I think it's the Nerdist podcast. It's when I first show up at the Daily Show. It's called yeah. uh, Comic Book Live. And I go in there and I'm sitting with this guy waiting to go on. And he, you can find this podcast and listen to this happen. Yeah. But this guy has a picture of his son playing basketball on an iPad. Yeah. And he's going to be the guest. And I don't I have no idea who he is. I didn't like just rushing around like I always am. And I yeah. giant jam and I see this guy and I go, hey, is your son into basketball? My son likes basketball. And he goes, yes, my son uh, loves basketball. He's nine years old. He's really into it. He scored 28 points in a game. Oh, my gosh. And then I go, and I don't want to one-up you, but my son's nine. Yep. And he scored 34 yep. points in that game. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, they, so you just, we have two yeah, sons yeah. who love basketball. And you go, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And he's a tiny guy. And he goes, my son's a tiny guy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so he takes off his jacket, and he has a shirt that says San Francisco Psycho on it. Okay. And I go, you from San Francisco? I go, I went to SI. Yeah. St. Ignatius College Preparatory for Boys. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I went to SI. (laughs) Wait. Yes. Was this your brother? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And so then, um, talks about what neighborhood he grew up in. Holy shit. This is amazing. Like that. But he graduated in 1984 and I graduated in 1989. So I had no idea who Mm -hmm. it really was. Mm So then we're on the podcast and we're talking about how we would come, you know, like it basically what superheroes we love. And sure. as a kid growing up, I go, I love Blue Beetle. 
Right. Because it's Jaime Reyes. He's this El Paso kid. The latest incarnation of this character is that he's this uh, Mexican kid from El Paso. That's right. That's which, right. by the way, I'd love to write that movie because it would be great. I just yeah. want to like, yeah. And that's got all kinds of potential. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah. Is my laser, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I go, because I'm half Mexican, I just yeah. love Blue Beetle. I don't know. I'm just any ethnic... Like Apache Chief on Super Friends, like anybody right. that Did was you like, like Night Wolf like, in Mortal Kombat. Any, anyway, any, <laughs> any, any, any sort of ethnic minority superhero, I'm all over. So I, I go because I'm half Mexican. He goes, Did "You say you're half Mexican?" He goes, "I'm half Mexican." What? So what? We, uh, we it disco- just continues. Yeah. So we discover that, and this guy is Axel Alonso, who's the editor in chief of Marvel Comics. Oh my God! So. He, um, anyway. That's hilarious. My wife's half Korean. His wife, Annie, is Korean. Uh, the kids meet and they're the exact same kid. Tito and Lorenzo what? are the two kids <laughs> that, yeah, and they immediately became fast friends. They have right. the exact same taste. They have everything in common. Like right. they just love all the same stuff. They immediately, when we were in Brooklyn, for the two summers that I was on The Daily Show and they sort of came out to hang out with me, these two kids became fast friends. Right, right. So I'm sure they'd pick up right where they left off today. Yeah. And, um, you know, we still keep in touch. He's a huge fan of the Golden State Warriors and the right. San Francisco 49ers, which sure. I'm a big Bay Area sports fan. Sure, those are both and sports. so, <laughs> yeah, he, like, just we have all, like, the same yeah, interests. And anyway, but he's a, so he's anytime the editor of Marvel? he's the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, Hilarious. he couldn't be a cooler guy. Yeah. And I'm saying this because we have the exact same upbringing. Right, right. Yeah, Obviously, person. it's all work. It's like but, looking in a mirror. You know, it really is. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. But I really, you know, city people have that. But to find another half Mexican, I'm so excited to. Right. Like, oh, you're half Mexican? I'm half Mexican. What side? Are they? And so we, um, to find a guy who's all things. And so whenever right. I hear anybody talk about Hulk or any Marvel uh, comics. You'd love like, that. That's a great story. And that was on The Nerdist? That was on Comic Book Live, which, which is on the was, Nerdist, was a Nerdist Network, Network yeah, show that I'm enough. not even sure exists. I'm uh, sure it's in archives. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, find that, you guys. El Madrigal. So here's when when you said I want to talk about Jack Reacher. Yes. I thought to myself, Oh my God, you are like I don't know. I always think of you as being like just Special ops training away from being Jack Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on a show the other day and I was like, uh, they were talking about how, how crazy I can get. Like, and, uh, I, I really feel like if I it could be one of those guys who like duct taped some knives into his hands, <laughs> just like, go for it. I feel like there's something in me and, you know, I, in this latest special that came out, I talk about where it all comes from. Right. And, you know, my grandfather, I just learned that the only reason he was in the United States is because he killed a guy. Oh, he so he had to go. a dude in the head. And, oh, my God. And then I talk about throughout the specials, like, I have this machete in, right. like, a sheath, and it's ready to go. Right. And uh, then my on the other side... You know, I'm half Mexican, half Sicilian, and so oh I God. just really do feel crazy. Right, there's we actually, um, I did a show with you a long, long time ago in Echo Park, and I remember you telling a similar sort of oh, anger management, anger story. Well, where it's Rangers like, of the Dork Forest know that I have some anger issues. <laughs> yeah. I pushed an old man a month ago. Sure, it isn't right, uh, but uh, and and what's the worst part of it is when I feel like I'm right. Like, if I have self-righteousness on my side, yeah. and this was an 80-year-old man who was screaming at a rent-a-cop and calling him the N-word, and was talking, telling him that he was uh, Haitian, and he had fucked monkeys, and he'd caused AIDS, and I, and then I got in his face, because we live here in America, and I'm, it's not okay in my head, and so then he said something, it escalated, I, I didn't push him down, but I pushed an, it's never okay. It's not okay to push an 80-year-old man. No, no. And, and at this point, that's the only guy I can take, right? So, I mean, you'd think. Yeah, but I would do something, too. And then, we I mean, now it's a month later, but the United Airlines incident where the man is dragged off the plane, the Chinese The guy man, sitting in front of him just sat there. I watched that video, and all I could think was, I what's that really couldn't let that happen. I know I couldn't. I no. know I would have not just been yelling, leave him alone. I am positive that I would have stood up. Yeah. 
and done something. I hope that I would have stood up and at least been I, I have a new bit about being a white lady meat shield and uh, I would like a small statue. <laughs> yes, that's and uh, so, but I was like, there's no, because, you know, people do these things. And I was like, and I, I was like, are you going to do that to me, to a middle-aged white lady? No. You aren't. You aren't. You're not. You could get together with other white ladies like the Power Rangers and form a large, just, like, meat shield. Right. It's just like, oh, do, do young black men need to be walked home from school? And how irritating is it that they would have to ask me to do that, you know? Because that, you know, it's not a mask. It's not, it's emasculating. But I mean, it's like, it, the injustice of it is so enormous. Anyway. So Jack I feel like Reacher I get involved. Yes. Jack Reacher. <laughs> and there's, there's great, um, the t- only one I've read. Which was Killing Floor, right? You'd- I didn't read Killing Floor. I just looked up all the ones. I read the one where there was, um, there was uh, the Duncan family owned some small town in Nebraska and there, and they had a, a Quonset hut with little bodies of little girls. Oh, wow. And there was a little boy. Do you remember that one? Oh my God. There's, so there's 21. That's what yeah, I wanted us okay. to talk about. Yeah. And, um, I want to tell you, first of all, let's back up and okay. tell everybody who this character is. Because people may is, is immediately it, associated with Tom Cruise. And that's sort of where this starts. Right. Is because. It isn't Tom Cruise. I'm at my brother's, um, wedding in Mexico and my uncle, Skip Tarantino, who thinks that I know everything about show business, comes up to me <laughs> and he pulls me aside and he goes, Hey, can you believe they made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher? And I go, what is there? I don't know anything about it at this point. Right. And so I go, wait, that's a problem? This is two years ago. I go. Oh, before yeah. you started reading them? Yes. Okay. No clue what it is. Think uh, about the Jack Reacher novel. You can read them all uh, almost in a heartbeat. There, It's a yeah. three-day yeah, read, even it, if you don't have the lovely. time. Yes. It's lovely. Yes, even if you don't. <laughs> so um, I am is you get into it with him. I go, really, that's a problem. He goes, let me tell you something about Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is six foot five. Like that, he's 240 pounds. He's just a wall of a man. Right. And then uh, Tom Cruise comes along and I think he bought the rights to these Lee Child books. Right. And so now he gets to play this guy's five foot seven, gets to play this character who's six foot four or five right. and massive. And just his trademark move is a headbutt. He's yeah. just a, 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 the guy's a, a monster. He's a monster who can Take on a group of five guys, and right. like calculate how long the fight is going to last, right. and who's going to make money. Well, you know, he's playing a chess match with just headbutts. My favorite thing in a Jack Reacher novel is that he always knows which way somebody went. Yeah, he's like, like the car drove away, and he's like. Well, I think there's a gas station three miles that way. He's he went tra- to the left. He's a tracker. <laughs> He's one of my favorite Jack Reacher things, and I keep going with the Skip Tarantino story because it goes further. But one of my favorite Jack Reacher things is he's getting a ride. I think this is in Never Go Back, and he's getting a ride. He sees a fire in the woods, and they have nothing. They're in the middle of nowhere. And he tells the guy who's like he's hitchhiking with, yeah. and this woman is along for the ride with him, and they're on the run. He goes, let us off here. Yeah. Because he knows that's a meth lab that exploded, and there's going to be money and cars there. Oh, that's so he walks up, <laughs> like takes the guy out, and he then beats ta- up a trailer. Yeah, he <laughs> finds the money, gets in a Corvette, and then people start chasing him and realize it's the guy's Corvette that must be Dwayne's Corvette, right, and they right. start chasing him down. It's just so. Anyway, so I get information from my uncle skip about jack reacher right don't think anything of it then i go on the road i do a horrible horrible gig in jacksonville at the comedy zone which is attached to a hotel yeah do you know this gig no i've heard about this gig and comedy zone it just it's a red flag factory as far as i'm concerned so yeah we as comics you learn not to stay in these comedy condos yes and this is it's a hotel technically but they put everybody in the same room so technically it's a condo it's it's a loophole oh that is a loophole because they don't clean it right yeah it's a suite now steve-o is staying in the room the week before me yeah and i walk up to the bar to introduce myself i don't even know this look at the calendar and the bartender says, I go, hey, how you doing? I'm Al. And the bartender just looks at me and goes, Steve-O says, go fuck yourself. What? Because I have this weird <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve-O thing. Oh, right. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Welcome to Glimpsing Behind the Curtain of Comedy. Yeah. And don't forget to watch I'm Dying up here on Showtime. So go. I go, oh, shit, I'm screwed. 
I can't be in this room. And, oh, uh, Jesus. Because he probably rubbed his nutsack all everywhere. over. Everywhere. Yeah. The whole thing. It's just imagine yeah. what would Steve-O right. do. What it's would Steve-O do? It's gross. So I went to walk to a Target, did a sad, lonely, like, highway walk that oh, comedians right. the do. Road. And so I got <laughs> a mattress... Uh, blow up yeah. mattress thing because mm-hmm. I figure I can cram it into. A, I bought a bag yep. to put I, to put it in. Right, and so I blew moved and the love sheets? seat out. Yeah, I brought some sheets. Yep, and I made my own little makeshift bed by the window in the living room, and I slept on that. So I was trying not to spend as much time in this room as possible. So I found where it was a mall. I went over to the mall. And there's a Barnes and Noble that I spent most of my time in. Right, so I'm wandering through this Barnes and Noble, and I land. In front of these Jack Reacher books. Right. And then the feature act walks up to me and he goes, you love Jack Reacher? And I go, <laughs> no, I don't know anything about it. I go, um, my uncle skips. He's a guy six yeah. four. And then he goes, D- they're the best. Yep. Why don't you read this one? And this one. So he grabs Killing Floor, the first one, the first which one, people which should good, sort of start with. It's, it's I a guess. good one to start with. It's nice to go in order because some of the stuff does track. And There's I sort of backs. skipped around. Yeah. But anyway, so Killing Floor gets put in my hand and I just grab another one. He goes, this one's great. And mm-hmm. so I forget even which one he gave me. So I breeze through those two. And you're like, I am on board. And then I go to New York. And this is not too long after. I'm in another Barnes & Noble. Can't believe they still exist. <laughs> and, uh, right. I'm, Their days are numbered. Yeah. And I'm standing there in front of the Jack Reachers. And another guy walks up and he goes, can you believe they made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher? <laughs> uh, yes. That's- yeah, and so then he, I go, you know, I just read two. Uh, yeah. What other ones should I grab? And he goes, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> and... Then my mom starts making fun of me because I'm reading, going through the series. Right. And she goes, are you really reading that crap? My mom is a book a day person. Right. But she, is she read, is she, what, what is she reading? Uh, literature? No. No. Exactly. She's not. So she's reading pulp of a different variety. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, she was the one that, uh, she lent me these two books that I'm reading right now. The, uh. Nonfiction, right? No, it's all oh. fiction. Well. It, there's a, it, there's a mix in there. Okay. I'm sure there's some. Re- it's all reality based because it's um, but it's uh the power of the dog and the cartel. It's Don Winslow. Right. Okay, and it's all Mexican drug dealer stuff. Oh, fun! And that's okay. what we're laughing about in the kitchen is because I'm really forcing myself to chill out and relax. Yeah. By reading books about people who are getting decapitated who and take justice in their own hands. <laughs> yes. And because the thing is, is it's it's all it's almost at, at this point it's it's just a nice safety valve quite honestly. I'll tell you my the 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 reason I read my mother's-in-law, Andy has two moms mm-hmm. and they have been together for 35 years. And they have read all of the Jack Reacher novels and they will hand me these books and they're all just murder they're like, and so I read, I think that, I think, I think I did read Killing Floor and then I read the other one about, about that other town, but mm-hmm. the other one was better. Killing Floor was good. Yeah. But this other one was actually, I liked it a little bit better, but I was like, don't get sucked in it, but there's only 21. I could, what are we talking about? You could knock months? him out. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty consistent with, um, cranking him out. So yeah, yeah there was one that just came out in 2006. He's, he's like one a year. He's good right, for right. He's the Spencer for hire guy. Sure. But now. So this character that this uh, Lee Child, I guess, used to work in television, and he set out to create the perfect character. So Jack Reacher is – and you know this from reading, but I just sort of want to tell people that are listening. Yeah, because I'm – yeah. So he's an army guy who grew up all over the world because his dad was a captain and his mom is this uh, French lady. And so he really – is um has never spent any time in one place so he right. ends up going to West Point and he um is you know highly decorated guys who the silver star and yeah, yeah. Uh, all this stuff is he vietnam yeah i think he went to yeah i think vietnam he's a, supposed to be a vietnam guy right yeah and he's yeah. uh but he's cuz the yeah. first one was written in 92 i think uh okay. that's when killing floor anyway oh so, really yeah so um yeah i brought a bunch of stuff Killing Floor 97. 97. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, fair so enough. anyway, um, 
he gets made an MP, so he's military police, but he's part of this special investigations unit. So it really is sort of like NCIS with Mark Harmon. It's a yep. great story where it's just a procedural. You could have, and this is what I fantasize about, is doing a prequel TV series called The 110th, which is like his unit and okay. his special investigators with all the tough cases, the MPs that, yeah, uh, yeah. and his group, uh, sort of his group, because they have established some of these characters. Right. And, um, so Neely and Lopez and like they get together with like this old group of investigators. Oh, right. Because he's, he's got this core group. Yeah. There's the sergeants and, and all the people that sort of work closely different... with you and they, they sort of appear throughout the series. Got it. So, um, he's, a uh, sharpshooter. He was like the only army guy to win this Wimbledon to start sharpshooting. Okay. Uh, thing. And so he can, he's just, he's great at everything. Right, he's, right. He's a uh, min-maxed. He's completely, he's the best D&D character in the world. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, so they're downsizing in the army. He gets in trouble because he slams a colonel's head against a desk and actually goes back. I think it never go back. He... Um, the dent is still in the desk, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, um, rather than get demoted to captain, he gets, uh, just opts out. Okay. And he sort of. Was a, he a major? He was a major, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And he's, okay. he's, now he's a drifter. Now he's a drifter. Who hitchhikes? He hitchhikes around. He doesn't have any clothes or any belongings. He was getting like, uh, Western Union, uh, uh, wire transfers. Yeah. And then, uh, because of 9-11, they use, he has an eight, he has an ATM card and an ID in his back pocket. And that's it. And that's no it. No wallet. No wallet. That's all he's got. All right. So in terms of clothing. Is he getting the sound exchange money? What? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's got to yeah. be like a monthly thing happening. Well, yeah, I think he, he actually, in one of the books, uh, Leon Garber, who is his like mentor. Yeah. Leaves him a house. Okay. Oh, right. And, like, and a car. East Coast or something? Like yeah. South so Carolina he, yeah, something? exactly. He has yeah. like this Virginia house. Okay. Right? So, yeah. And, um, so he, um, has so this, this money. And if he doesn't have money, then he works as a bouncer at a strip club in Key West. Sure. And he just gets money wherever he can. He's a day laborer. Yep. And he just, he, no other person has ever lifted more. And he's just like <laughs> this hulk of a man. Right. And then he sees injustice. And he must. He jumps he in. He has to stand up. Sometimes he gets called in. They send him a cryptic message through like his bank account where a special amount of money is deposited. Right. And those numbers translate to a code. 27 cents. Yeah, and then, yeah and he so, knows <laughs> that he can use I a Venmo account. I just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he is, um, you know, he's just awesome character and there's yeah. no, there's not a ton of sex stuff in there but the ladies right, all love him yeah, he occasionally just, gets laid right i mean but he's yeah he's i think he, he consistently gets laid he finds a lady yeah. in every book but there's no like i i gave a couple to my son who's 14 and right it's like these are great read these and right right and right he wasn't that into it but, well fair enough i mean yeah. he's probably dealing with his anger issues sure 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 <laughs> So that's the whole thing is that these books and this character and it's just the fact that I'm I'm really forcing myself um to initially it was just I'm going to take the time to chill out a little bit because I have so much stuff going on and I you just get so many to, irons in the fire. I do. I and I work 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 and I have these two kids yeah. and I have this so this family, you have a family is family responsibility. But extended family too. Like you're constantly. Every time I talk to you, you're like, "Hey, my mom is talking." You know. So I mean, it's like, I think yeah, we're in. Luckily, they're in San Francisco. My right. my dad recently actually passed away. Uh, so yeah, and so um, we're actually we're, we're uh, scattering his ashes uh, down in Mexico and uh, going down for that. But I get anxiety. Yeah. When I'm not working. Um, Bill Burr jokes around who I started the... It looks like you get anxiety when you're not overworking. Yeah. It's... Well, uh, that's the thing is what I'm the type... Say? Well, Sorry. he says, uh, I'm, he goes, are you one of those guys who gets in his car and starts making calls? And, and I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I do it because yeah. I have calls to make. You got calls to make. And, I got calls to make. And he goes, oh my God, you're one of those dudes who can't be alone with his own thoughts. Uh, and I did, I took 
a couple days off mm-hmm. and I felt horrible. I felt incredibly depressed. Right. I, um, I, so I've got to figure that out. Because your brain's and a terrible neighborhood? It is that really what I mean? is, yeah. It's it's like, just, I, I can't hang out up there. When I'm mowing through these Jack Reacher books and yep. I get to like sort of fantasize about being this guy who sure. can handle all these situations. <laughs> I ought to be six foot five and fully trained. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. You know what he can do? That guy can rebuild a gun in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> so, oh my God, one of the most anxiety I've, uh, like I've felt reading is when he gets trapped in this narrow, he has to climb, uh, crawl through this one crevice over to a, basically this militia yeah. takes him captive and then he gets um, locked in this shed. Right. But he can sense and it's just pitch black and he can sense that there's a way through and he can <laughs> feel this draft. Oh, right. And he crawls through and he gets uh, almost well, like trapped. Wedged. Yeah, and there's bones and shit in there. Oh. And he gets wedged in between. But I was like, uh, so anxious right. even reading that. But I don't do anything... Um, I don't take any drugs. Right. So you're not a, you, th- there's not another way to check out. No. This is entirely how I check out. This is the way to check I out. I check out reading pulp novels of a variety. Like I read, there's a, there's a bouncer series about a bouncer in Sydney, Australia. Oh, really? And this guy is kind of a dirtbag. But, you know, like he's, he's, like he'll like, he'll shake people down for money. And he'll kind of half date rape women uh, and then, but something bad will happen. And so then he'll rise to the occasion, he'll right? He'll be forced in. Right. And then he's like, well, that's the line. That's, you can't, <laughs> you can't be pushing kids around. And that woman, give her back her hat, you know, or whatever. And then he will literally kill them. And, uh, if you, if you, what is that? I can't remember the name of the series, but if you Google Bouncer Sydney, Australia, okay. uh, series, there's a boatload of them. And I bought it because I was in an, in an airport in Melbourne and there was a biker guy standing in, like in the airport books. And I was doing that thing where I was standing in front of the books and he was like, and he picked up one of those and I was like, how is, how is that? And he goes, Oh, these are all good. These are all good. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Right. So I, I took one and I read like three of them because they're like these, you know, you can read them in a minute. And, um, and then there's this other one that you might, it's, I, I don't know if this one, it's a, it's a mystery series set in the Napoleonic army as they march towards Russia in 1814. And, um, and there's, there's murders and the, and there's a mis the, the cop, there's a cop for some reason in the army. And he's like, well, I'm going to solve this murder. And they're like, we're all dying. Why do you care that there was a murder? And he's like, well, because it was a murder instead of a war. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, uh, and so, I mean, there's. I've tried reading, I tried reading some of that Joe Nesbo, the snowman. All, and oh, yeah. I wasn't into that at well, all. It's, it's, uh, it's I, weird. I keep what, coming back to these. Yeah. There's weird, like the ones you can read and the ones you can't read. Like, yeah. I can't read. I've tried some Dean Koontz. Haven't been able to get into it. I've tried some James Patterson. Haven't been able to get into it. But they're no different. I mean, Whatever, it's all the same shit. Whatever you need to check out with, knock yourself out. So, and and again, my mother, who just wanted to poo-poo these <laughs> Jack Reacher books right away, has again has read every single one. Oh, now she's tried them. Every, she's read more than I have. She's, oh my god! Uh, yeah, she's up to date. She gets them all on her <laughs> Kindle. She's like, boom, knocked them out. Yep. And loves them because they are well written. Yeah. It's not uh, complete crap. And no, no. this is a great, great character that you can't help but root for. So, and, and, and Lee Child is, is a, was he in the service? He's just, a, I think what they have in common is they're both like massive guys. Like oh, he's just he's a, a giant big dude. dude. Okay. Yeah. He's Lee Child, I think is six foot five. But I brought this, I found this little quote okay. that, from Malcolm Gladwell about Jack Reacher. Okay. That's, so the, that's read, a tipping point. Guys. Yeah, exactly. This is an article from the books. New Yorker. <laughs> and he perceives the difference in the Reacher character and traditional Western characters in terms of the symbolism they represent to the general public. So in his opinion, 
because like, this this character has always been around. It's the knight that uh, mm-hmm. you know wanders through. And Louis uh, Lamore books. Sure. There's always a lone guy comes to town and helps people. Exactly. So the traditional Western was a fantasy about lawfulness. It was based on a longing for order among those who had been living uh, without it for too long. The heroes conduct themselves according to strict rules of chivalry. Uh, they act in so far as it is possible with restraint. In the world that we live in today, by contrast, we have too much order. Where uh, we are, as we have been reminded so uh, frequently lately, over policed. And our contemporary fantasy is about lawlessness. Uh, so, oh, there you go. Yeah, about what would happen if the institutions of civility melted away and we were left with just like uh, this uh, hard-muscled, rangy guy who could do all the necessary <laughs> calculations in his head to ensure that the bad guy got what he had coming. And that's what it is. It's like I feel like consistently what Lee Child does is he has like this – at the top of this, the you know what Reacher is trying to stop is somebody just completely abusing power. Right. And there's one, and I forget which one this is, is about like the dark web. Like he just found finds a town that is completely controlled, you know, by that's what Killing Floor was. Yeah. It's like, but uh, is it another, it's this Duncan family? Uh, that might have been is it. Is that what it is? I think that was it because it was this one family that completely controlled this town. And like the wife was being beaten and the, um, and she couldn't leave. And then there was this extended, fa- I mean, and he comes in and he's like, no, <laughs> but I love that. Cause that's exactly what it is. It's like the line is there's the, the complete abuse of power because Jack Reacher's very, very powerful himself. And so he could fix all of this stuff. It's like, when I think about the government, I'm like, why doesn't Amazon fix this? Right? Cause I'm a prime <laughs> member and, uh, uh, they're very powerful, but the, uh, um, but it's just, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's the fantasy. So it's the lawlessness. I, and if anybody has any other books and series that they'd recommend, uh, please, uh, because again, we started talking about this, uh, is that you just unleashed a, a, a giant. No, no, please. Yeah, no, no. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try to get to them all because, um, I just bought a 1988 FJ62 Land Cruiser. I have What is that? That is a um Say those words again. It's 1988 <laughs> okay. Toyota. It Land FJ62 Cruiser? Land Cruiser. Is you it a trucky thing? It's a truck. It's okay. an old truck okay. that I bought on eBay. Big you, eBay guy. You bought a truck on eBay. I, this is the third car I've bought on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You ever go to carcomplaints.com? <laughs> so, um, no, it was, uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not even supposed to talk about it, but oh, I'll tell enough. you off air. Okay. No, I had problems with this one. Oh, but fair enough. I ended up getting some money back. Oh, there you go. So I'm not going to. And carcomplaints.com, by the way, you can look up uh, by make and model of old used cars and it'll tell you what people have complained about. Oh, so this thing is known as one of the most rock solid cars and SUVs Ever. of all time. Oh, that's so it's amazing. like the okay. Volvo 240, you know, that boxy yeah. Volvo. Yeah. Those are the best. Those can run forever. And then the Mercedes one, two, three, what diesels. You know what my ideal car is? What? 97 Camry. Oh, really? Yeah, because that, that is a war pony that will live forever. I would love a mint Marin had, uh, that was Marin's car for a long time. I don't it's know if it was It's the best road car, 97. Corolla also good year in 97, but the Camry was big. And so you could crash in the, I mean, I, I dreamed about that car. I had a, what did I have? I had a, like a 92 Tercel or an 89 Tercel that was, uh, that was almost as good. It would start 50 below. It would start. That's amazing. Yeah. So the Mercedes, this Toyota, but yeah. and Jack Reacher, they all fall into that sort of same category. I want to get one of those little teardrop campers that I yeah. can tow behind the FJ62 <laughs> and I want sure. to check out, but you want to now, go off the grid. I want, well, I just want to be able to like get away for a little bit because with the kids and with work, and I feel like um, as comedians, it's not as simple as it used to be. It's like it's now everyone needs to be a fucking Everything digital else. marketing major to, yes. Yes, yeah, to succeed. If you could also do these other four jobs yeah, and be really good at all of them. Well, it's that Mitch Hedberg bit. It's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah, <laughs> man, um, you're a comedian, but can you act? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, uh, or yeah, you're a chef, but do you farm? Right. Right. So I really 
um, and trying to do all this stuff. And starting All Things Comedy is a tremendous amount of work. I don't do my own podcast. Right. We're, um, like, you've been on board from day one. Yes. I was psyched, actually. I was the only one I wanted to join. So we have, and that reward, I'm telling you, in five years from now, is going to be exciting because it's going to be a similar situation to what I was telling you about. Yes. I would love that. I know that's going to happen. Okay. So I'm sort of working my ass off before I hit 50. Right. But when I hit 50, it's going to be all reacher. Write yourself, or, or write yourself a post, post-it note and remind yourself. Oh, I know. Because okay. then it's like, I Because it'll really, be hard to slow down. We had our two kids, you know, who's, my son is about to turn 15 and my daughter's 11. Okay. And they both went over friends' houses. And this is for the first time in 15 years. 15 years that we really have been. It was one night. And we were so happy. We didn't know what we were going to do, just being this married couple. Right. And so we were like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to dinner? Should we go to a movie? Should we go have drinks? And I think we ended up just, uh, we went to dinner, but we ended up just going home. Oh, the next morning we went for a hike. Right, By together. ourselves with the dogs. It was crazy. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I look forward to that. And I have these three hammocks that I don't lay down in. And I really, I'm going to show We got to talk hammocks at one point because Andy wants a hammock. But Oh, yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah. All right. So actually, when I went to, do you ever do that gig? And Do you ever do gigs in Vancouver? No, I've tried to get in for a thousand generations. And uh, if you're listening, Vancouver, still want to. Well, I think we should do also that thing that Paul F. Tompkins used to do, which is the Tompkins 300. Yeah, you just go. And if people want Jackie to go anywhere, like get some people together. Yeah. And that's how it could work with all of stand-up. And that's also what I'm trying to do with all things comedy. I want to try to eliminate the bookers from this uh, equation. Mm -hmm. And I want to just create relationships with venues and fans. And if there is the demand, any comedian... Any comic. Will show up. I yep. know that'll happen. And we want to connect fans with comedians directly so it doesn't have to be this routed tour. Where right. There's a, where there's a condo. Yeah. Uh, let there never be a condo. <laughs> sure. And, uh, and don't but anyway, that I don't want to on that little condo. island that yeah. they have uh, over there, you take a ferry to where yeah. they say it, there's uh, this great uh, hammock store. There's a hammock store off the coast of Vancouver? Yeah. Okay. And then, so you got to go up there. No, you can order all these things. Um, I have almost flown with Lewis Lee for Back Me. We're, we're, we're trying to plan it. I had a weekend planning. He was like, oh, I can't do it. We're going to go to Vancouver because he says the best Chinese food in North America. He has, he has family in Hong Kong who fly to Vancouver for Chinese. Wow. And he meets them there at least once a year. Wow. And so I was like, hey – uh, uh, I'll go to Vancouver for Chinese food and eat with you. He's like, we got to get a lot of people because we got to order a lot of food. I was like, fair enough. That's amazing. My sister will come. Yes, yeah, so there's a ton <laughs> of Chinese. Well, uh, it's right by the airport. Vancouver is having a huge problem with the. I think it's a lot of Chinese money coming in, and there's these ghost uh, condos. Ah, uh, there you go. You know about this? No, but San I. San Marino, California, same thing that people are buying. It's basically hiding all of their money. They can only now take out $50,000 at a time, but oh, they Oh, Rick is a mainland. Yeah, so they're, yes. they're just, uh, buying all these condos. So you walk down the street in Vancouver and only see this huge skyscraper, like condo building, and they only yeah. see two lights on. Right. But we're getting away from... From Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. And, and the purpose of reading And the Jack purpose Reacher. is to slow down and not freak out because I really do get so anxious. And again, I'm not on Xanax or anything. Right. And, uh, I, when I'm not working and I think, I don't know if it's the pressure of having the kids or whatever, but I feel like, okay, I need to go, go, go. And for me, uh, TV work where I make most of my money has been fleeting because it's been every, I've been on, this is my 10th pilot. Wow. This show that's coming out yeah. is pilot number 10. Wow. Mix it in the Daily Show. I've been working consistently, but never knowing where the work is coming from. Yep. So I'm just, I'm just scrambling all the time. To right. Provide. And having the kids creates. There's no messing around. Right. There's a, that's There's very little chill. Uh, Jake Johansson, one of my favorite stories, used to sell this t-shirt that said, touch it. And I was like, what the hell is happening with this yeah. t-shirt? And he goes, leave me alone. I have a mortgage and a kid. <laughs> and I said, done and done. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Well, he's also just, I mean, just since you brought up the name, and he's an all things comedy guy. He has his oh, podcast yeah. called Jake This. And he told me a great story about Hollywood and sh- uh, the shrimp party. He goes, <laughs> Al, Hollywood and being like being on a TV show or getting this big development deal is like when. It's like being let into the best party of all time, and right. they give you the best drink you've ever had, and a shrimp on a stick, <laughs> and then you're eating it, and you're talking to everybody, and then your deal sort of goes away, and they push you out into the alley, and you're left with your empty glass and the toothpick, <laughs> and you got to work your way back in, and you right. work your way back in. Well, he said at the time he told me he's like, I've been into that party three times. You know, yeah. he had his own sitcom yep. that you're supposed to have. Is he, mm-hmm. You know, he could have been Seinfeld, you know, right. they, given Just that as... opportunity. And he said, you know, and I feel like now I've had this deal. I've had five deals to have the Al Madrigal show on. Right. Which is crazy. That is crazy. And I've written that show. Yeah. The, five my times. Everybody Loves Raymond has been written five times. Wow. So you're just hustling and hustling and hustling. And I'm not taking the time to chill and look out into yeah. this yard. We love gardening. We talked about that. We right, because you love vegetable gardening. I do. I can't get enough of it. Now I live on this hillside where I have every creature that is in Pasadena trying to eat everything that I put out. Yeah, yeah. Do you have... I had a, a, a swarm last year of baby grasshoppers mow stuff down. Just just, just drill it like nothing. locusts. Just yeah. drill it. <laughs> Last year, I had a real hard style. time with our garden. Almost got nothing out of it. And then um, this year, because of the amount of rain that we had, I think it's going to be good. Sure. And it looks all right, even though my, one, a couple of my eggplants are being eaten by something and I don't approve. Yeah. But whatever. But um, I, I, I've planted – I want to plant an entire row of zucchinis, even though uh, zucchinis are, are weed. And uh, my neighbors literally – I've had neighbors say to me, I will take one zucchini. <laughs> And well, because they're humongous. My grandmother used to grow just like you got to pick them quick, otherwise, yeah. all of a sudden, it's the size of your leg. So, um, it's the gardening, and the you know, I'll show you pictures of this backyard, and I just want to just relax as much as I possibly can. But are I you got to do that when you're fifty. If, if I well, these books are helping me do it now. Okay. And if I have one, I want to have one going at all times. Since now I'm into this Don Winslow thing. So okay. A break, but I'm going to jump back into Reacher. Right. And I am going to uh, force myself to relax. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's only so much money and your children should get jobs. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, no, there's no problem. No, there's nothing wrong with providing for your kids. Oh, when they're in, like when they're in college, I think like that's, yeah. and, and then during the summers, yeah, they should find some way to make money for sure. Yeah. Get a work ethic. Go ahead. And uh, like with the, I, I remember the first time I met rich kids. It was uh the summer of I think it was eighty nine, eighty eight. I was working in Provincetown, Massachusetts at a hot dog stand and um the guy uh two of the cooks at this hot dog stand um were well whatever. They were there were two cooks at two different restaurants that were attached. And uh their dad was uh the CEO of Ocean Spray. Holy shit. Yeah. And I was like Cranberry King. Cran- Cranberry King and and they and all of their friends were these gigantically massively like the one of their friends who didn't work, she had all the drugs, all of the drugs that I didn't care about because I was like, I'll have a shot and a beer and it'll be fine. And um, but she, she didn't have a job and she was the biggest mess of all of them. Yeah. And um, she had this amazing car and she would c- sometimes drive up and go, Hey, we're having a party. I've got like she had a laser disc player. <laughs> it was 80. I mean, she had like some sort of she weird, had all the stuff. She had all the toys and her grandfather had left her all of his money, skipping her parents. And it was pharmaceutical money. So it was like some sort of insane, you know, like Xanax, you know, giant bag of cash. And, but I, I remember talking to one of them and I wanted to go to acting school and I had been accepted, but they needed, it was the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, right? <laughs> In New York. And they needed, they want, they want a down payment. They need six grand because it's a tech school. And, and I was, and I was drunk and complaining about it to one of the Ocean Spray kids. And she goes, wait, you're not going to do something because of money? 
I was like, yes, yes, it's a common, common problem. She goes, I have six grand. And then of course we both sobered up and she didn't give it to me, but, and it's fine, but they had the greatest work ethic and they would talk about how their parents were like, no, ever since we've been 16, we've had to have jobs and it's just, just get a job, just get a shitty 15 hour a week. That's the other thing is, um, I'm really, really trying to take my kids. So we live in Pasadena. Yeah. And even though it is, there's, there's rich kids everywhere. Dude, for the most part, we go to a very simple, we had the kids go to a very simple Catholic school. Right. When you saw me when I was in the daily show, I didn't move the kids out with me. Right. I flew back and forth every single, like so eight days, seven out. days. So I didn't have to pull them out. So they stayed in this little Catholic school in Pasadena. All normal, very like a lot of socioeconomic diversity in the school, and that was very important to us. But I catch my son all the time. I got Microsoft gave me an Xbox right when the Xbox yeah. One came out. My son is standing there with some of his buddies, and one of these kids goes, "Whoa, yeah. so cool! Would you get it?" Mm-hmm. And my son goes, "My dad got it for free." Mm-hmm. And I grabbed him after the friends left, and I go, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, never say that again." I didn't get it for free. I go worked my ass off. I go, I did comedy for six, seven years. No one paid me a dime. Yep. And right. I just went, I, I went and did horrible It looks free gigs. now. Yes. Yeah. I see why you think it looks free. Yeah. But I killed yeah. myself for that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've opened more veins than you have. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. and then again, that's just bringing it all back to ATC and what we're trying to do. It's, um, we started these comedy careers. Yeah. With just because we loved stand up and yeah. there was no money in sight. And then the, I feel like now there's a lot of comics and it's just calculated push to do what people might want to hear and, uh, right. to be the type of comic that, you know, they're like, when can I start making a living? Sure. This? Sure. And you're like, I get why you'd want that. And, Good luck. But. I just only like the stand-up that is real, and I only like it if you're coming from a place that is like pure. Anyway, so and true to who you are, yeah. And so that's why this has been a struggle for me, which I'm really sort of different, dif- disenfranchised with the state of stand-up comedy right now, is because I feel like I might, again, at 50 years old, I might just jump out altogether and um, stop doing it. I don't know. All right. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't like going on the road. No. I, I, well, I mean, you were talking about this work business about three years ago. I worked 45 weeks, uh, on the road and insane. It's crazyville, right? It was, it was, it was almost 200 days or something like that. It was something maddening. And two of my good friends or two guys that I like a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, we would be friends if we ever fucking hung out, but they both got divorced that year. And it was because they were on the road that much as well. And both of their wives had affairs. Wow. And I was Holy like, shit. first of all, I would not, would not have called that because they are both handsome young men. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, well, uh, but so I, the next year I was like, I'm not doing this. I am going to work. I'm going to take a month off every two months and I'm going to stay in LA and I'm going to remind people that I could work here if someone would find me work. Right. Yeah. And it has, made me a lot saner and there's feature creep, right? I mean, I, right now I'm on the road for too much because it just, people were like, well, will you do it? And I'm like, yes, of course I'll do it. But I know what you, you got to slow down and make sure this you're is, home. Uh, yeah. This is a, do you ever read any of the, uh, deathbed regrets? No, it's <laughs> really, is that a Twitter? F- no, it's okay. just, uh, I'm going to read you some of the death, uh, deathbed regrets. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just real quick. Let me wrap this. Uh, so, um, let me see. Cause I have a question about if you think that Bill Cosby is still writing. Cause I think he's still writing, but he can't get up. Oh my God. That's amazing. Right? That's hilarious. Why? Cause of course he's never done stand up yeah, because he had that's to. Right. That's for right. For 30 years. Um, uh, number one, I didn't take care of my body. So. Right. What smoking, excessive drinking, compulsive eating. Uh, so that's a regret that people have is a, um, a deathbed regret. Okay. I let anger get the best of me. This is another big that's one. A death yeah, yeah. There you go. I spent my entire life in my comfort zone. So you really, this is something comedians are not doing. We're, right. So would you take, we a, take a big yeah. chance? Yeah. Well, you can though. 
You can. Later yeah. on, it's like easy for you to sort of compromise your dream and just jump out at any time. As of this day, I uh, I do some more mugging than I ever did in my, uh, <laughs> my early years. <laughs> I spent too much time around toxic people. Okay. I didn't stay in touch with family and friends. Again, we get so caught up in work that we're not spending enough time with people that are close to us. Yep. Um, I didn't give as much as I took. Okay. So, all right. I yeah. thought I knew everything. It's number seven. Right. I never made any mistakes, and everybody oh. knows that you have to. That sort of goes in line with getting out of your comfort zone. Comfort zone. I hated my job. Which, right. Again, we. I hated my job, and I jumped out. You got to get out. The I was firing is, people. I told you for my parents' family business. That was and, the last episode. You should totally go back, everybody, and, and listen to it because it's a fascinating so, story. So I quit and I uh, was living in a moldy uh, Silver Lake apartment with my one-year-old. Uh, let me see. I spent my entire life trying to be someone else. Was yep. number ten. You know, my I dad. Think, yeah. I thought my dad was dying, and uh, uh, and and I missed his. Uh, he was he was going under the knife, right? He was getting heart surgery, and I and I'm second heart surgery in a row. And so uh, I, he had just had it. I'm driving to the hospital. I get to the VA. I talk to the nurse. This totally happened, and um, I talk about it on stage. But it was I said to the nurse. So he went on. He's the, the, he's already under, and she goes, "Yeah, you know what's weird? He could have he could have waited. We said we could have waited, and he knew you were on your way from the airport." And I said, "He knew," and she goes. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, did he say anything? Did he have any last words for me? Anything? And she goes, yeah, yeah, he did. He said, uh, tell her, tell her to do whatever she wants. Oh my God. And I was like, well, those, those are kind of the greatest last words ever. <laughs> and I said, what do you think they meant? Do you think he meant today? Like go get a sandwich and not hang around his deathbed or in general? And she literally, the nurse said this to me. She said, well, if he lives, you should ask him. And I did. And my dad, and he was drugged up on morphine, but he goes, uh, oh, no, I meant in general. You should always do whatever the hell you want to do. And I said, I suppose if it doesn't hurt anybody. And he goes, nope, even if it hurts people, do whatever you want. And I was yeah. like, well, you said that out loud, Dad. And uh, he was like, you might as well. Because my father, I mean, one of the th- greatest things my dad ever said to me was, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm condensing it because he's long-winded as I am, but he said, you might as well live your dreams because I'm going to make fun of you either way. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's well, like, if you don't do it, I'm going to, I'm going to make funny. If yeah. you do, I'm just going to say, look at the big shot. So you might as well <laughs> yeah, do the thing you want to do. Yeah. And I'm telling my kids to try hard and be nice. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, anything that, uh, that'll do falls outside of that. I yeah. just, yeah, I don't care about. It. Yeah. I really don't. So you can end up being anything you want to be, you know, dominatrix, whatever yeah, it is. Like, yeah, right. be a great one. Be the best car mechanic of yes, your generation. and really care about it and work on it and show up early and just like when you work hard because you do get a lot of satisfaction from that. But again, um, I just really want to go for it. And I feel like then in the process of doing that, I get so wound up and I care so much about little things yeah. that you get back to – Having one of these books or a book like Jack Reacher around to say, okay, I'm going to go three in hours. that Chase Lounge. Yep. I'm going to lay down out there and read this thing because I'm super into it. Yeah. But spend time with, you know, just relaxing and not thinking about any of the, you know, horrible shit we have going on or stressful stuff we have going on in our lives that really yeah. ultimately doesn't matter. Right. You got to You got to get out of the screen. You got to see if you can. I mean, if you're in a book, it's better, I think. And it's and it's one step closer to being out in this in the world. Mm-hmm. Look at someone in the face going, what happened? Uh, what uh, did your car broke down? I'm so sorry. Well, that's the way we were talking about at Al Madrigal. Uh, yeah. And I go, yeah, I'm not into that. I, yeah. I really don't. I took Twitter off my phone, the app. Yep. And I did it after the election. I just put it back on, actually. Yeah, I just, I don't want to be caught looking down at my phone. When- in Hong Kong, there's, uh, in, in all the subway stations, there's a, a recurring, it's in Chinese and then in English, and the announcement says, do not only look at your mobile device 
over and over. It's like a surreal Westworldy kind of feel to wow. it. Do not only look at your mobile device and then in Chinese. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. I need that going in yeah. my house because I put this app, uh, the one app I did put on mm-hmm. is Moment. It's called Moment? Yeah, and it tracks how much time I'm on my phone. Oh, really? Today, this is, but I use Waze and stuff like that. So maybe right, it's on, and it's almost noon. And two hours and 52 minutes of my phone being up and on. Right, alert. Yeah. All right, I, that's a terrifying app. Yes. Uh, Ed Brubaker a comic book writer told me that he has a program on his computer that uh, will, you can shut down the internet Yes, for three, for out. You can pick as long. Yeah. That I have that as well. And it's good to, it's, it helps him write. That's it. Correct. So, all right. Yeah. So find to find your Jack Reacher, everybody. Find your, yeah. What's a good one to start with? You, you brought me one. I brought you one just because I loaned this to a friend and cause I was done with it. And then he, uh, I brought you gone tomorrow mm-hmm. and let's see which one is. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like <laughs> this. So yeah, he's Reacher's just on a subway train and he notices that, uh, this lady has all the signs of a terrorist. Yeah. And she's wearing a down vest when it, or something, a down jacket when it's really it's hot too, out. So yeah. Someone's going, but it's a little weird. And um, Oh, nice. And so he, of course, talks to her. Yeah. Okay, I'll read when that. He shouldn't, he gets, he gets totally sucked in. That. So um, I think you start with the first one. I think you do try to go in order if you're going to take these out. Yeah. And, and take, the used bookstore didn't have uh, Killing Field or Killing, killing floor, floor right away. So I think I started with uh, the the next one available. And then I went back to Killing Floor when the used bookstore had. And there's a lot of prequel stuff. I love when they go back to this 110th. Oh, right. Minute. Like when he's in the So, yeah, yeah. I think that's what he did with the most recent one that I haven't looked at yet. Uh, uh, that's fascinating. So, yeah. Yeah. Jump in. Okay, everybody, Al Madrigal is at Al Madrigal that he is occasionally on. The big stuff, it shows up on Twitter. And almadrigal.com is updated, right? The special so. just came out on Friday the 5th, so you can check that out on Showtime. And actually, I think on my website, if you guys want Showtime for free mm-hmm. for 30 days, I have a, code, a code for that. Not a lot of people live by a code. Yeah. Al Madrigal lives by yeah, a code. So, and, yeah. So, plus, uh, I'm dying up here. The TV show is also on Showtime. June 4th, it's Melissa Leo. Jim Carrey is producing that. There's oh, a what? ton of comics in it. Nice. Uh, I wrote on it as well. Right. So it's a show that I'm really proud of that if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, you you're should. totally going to be into. Yeah. I'm dying up here on Showtime. And Shrimpin' Ain't Easy. Uh, just came out on Showtime, and if you want a free month, go to Al's uh, website. Yep. Thanks so much for doing it. Sure, thanks for having me for everything you've done. Oh, shit. And Rangers, you know the uh, the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?